Hello, welcome to the Homegirl Podcast. I am your host, Abby Cornelius, and today I am sharing with you the four magic words that could change literally everything in your work world if you're not already using them. So these four magic words are really powerful because they can impact the customer experience, they can impact the employee engagement and the employee experience, and they can impact your onboarding of new hires or newly promoted people. And they're really powerful words because if you can improve CX, EX, and onboarding, I mean, forget it, you're going to grow in your business and you're going to hit marks and metrics that you've never hit before. And so what are these four magic words and why do I think they're so important? Drum roll, please. How can I help? Now, my husband and I have been watching New Amsterdam. So if there's anybody out there who's watched New Amsterdam, you know that the medical director who this show is about, his like mantra is, how can I help? And it's so funny because when I was newly promoted as a sales leader, that was kind of my MO was, how can I help? How can I help? I didn't claim that I have it all figured out. Um, but my heart was that of a servant leader. And so my mission was to serve others and to figure out how I could help them best. And that came as, as a mindset of when I was selling, my goal was to serve my customers and to help them find the solution to their problem, which had something to do with housing. And so I had to ask good questions. I had to uncover what was going on so that I could truly help. And so when I got promoted to a leader, my mindset shifted where my employees were now more my customers. They're who I served and they're who I needed to help because if I could get them the tools and resources they needed to thrive, then I was going to by default hit my goals. And so how I can help is definitely a mantra of a servant leader. And so if that's not the type of leader that you are, maybe this is just something you can borrow from the leadership bucket of a servant leader and implement it today with your team and your coworkers and your customers. This isn't exclusive to leaders and employees, although I think that's highly valuable. It's also something that we should use internally. And so I'm going to go through and I'm going to break down how to apply, how can I help to customers, how to apply, how can I help to employees and coworkers, and then how to imply, apply, how can I help to a new hire or newly promoted person all of this in an effort to, one, make your job more fun and enjoyable. You're going to be serving people. You're going to get greater impact. You're going to get it faster, but also to, to help your company, which is ultimately we all work for the same company. Uh, we all work for these organizations and the goal is for them to remain profitable so we can keep our jobs and everybody's happy. So this has a dual purpose. It feels good and it's also the right thing to do. So I love that. Uh, so kind of let's go to the customer experience side. So when I was selling, I was really big on mutually beneficial outcomes. And so when you're asking somebody to purchase a home, it should be mutually beneficial. It should make sense for me. Obviously, I'm going to get paid. I sold a house. It's good for my company because they're getting sales, they're getting revenue, and it should be really good for the person I'm asking to buy because there's some sort of problem in their situation that we're solving. And so if you take this approach of mutually beneficial outcomes, the only way you can truly provide mutually beneficial outcomes is by understanding the other person's perspective. And when we become too focused on us 
and now we're going to sit in the sales seat for a second or construction seat or whatever role you are when you're customer facing if you're a loan officer if you're too worried about you and your goals and your metrics you're missing a piece of the puzzle to get to that mutually beneficial outcome and that piece of that puzzle is how can i help and what do you need and so if we take this approach with customers from the onset this looks like really good discovery figuring out their story figuring out their pain points what are they excited about in this move so that you can professionally um, present whatever solution you have that best fits their needs. When it comes to a customer who's already purchased and they're in the process, there are a lot of times along the customer's journey where things go wrong, right? We don't get water meters. We don't get closing on time. We have a delay in product. Um, maybe there's a hiccup in the loan. When we get faced with these issues or our customers have issues, right? Maybe somebody loses a job. Maybe somebody you know, decides they don't like the home state they like. like. These things come up during the process. Your first and best defense after explaining the situation is to ask, how can I help? And the reason you can do that is because it establishes a framework that it's you and me, Mr. Customer, against the problem. It's not you versus me. And that's going to create greater collaboration, better and faster end results. And it's just going to feel like a better customer experience. When it comes to customer complaints or customer issues, we tend to get highly defensive of ourselves, of the people that we work with. But at the end of the day, our desired outcome is a happy customer. So if we take this approach of how can I help, no matter what the problem is, you're going to learn more about their needs and you're going to be able to provide a better solution to get a better outcome. So for example, I had a customer who their flooring went in their house wrong. They ordered a color, they had pictures, it looked very light gray, what they what they asked for, what they communicated that they wanted to order, but what went into their house was a very dark hardwood floor. So the proof was there that there was a disconnect somewhere between what they requested and what they received. And I had a million and one solutions that I wanted to provide. But at the end of the day, the solution that I probably would have picked was let's replace these floors. They look totally different than the customer's expectations. But when I paused and didn't jump and didn't try to defend, you know, the design center, or try to defend construction because they actually did install, it was on the paperwork, it was the design center. Like I didn't need to get into all of that. It didn't need to be a finger pointing. What needed to happen was just to say to the customer, I'm so sorry, how can I help? And what the customer said was, Abby, we need to close on time. Closing on time is priority number one. We're moving from states away. We've got movers. We've got this. We've got that. And so my follow-up was, so if I can provide you a solution that allows closing to happen on time, is that the best case for us to move forward? Yes. And so we were actually able to just provide them some additional closing assistance so that they could buy rugs to help cover up some of the big major areas and try to blend it in with the color scheme of the rest of the house. Um, and it was a win-win. They closed on time. Had I been defensive, had I been on my agenda and freaking out and trying to do what I thought was the right thing, which was give the product they thought they were getting, I would have missed the mark in truly helping the customer. So how can I help is a powerful statement when it comes to customer concerns, also when customer discovery is happening. I want to talk a little bit about employee experience for those of you that are leaders listening. So if you're a leader and you've got people that you manage weekly during your one-on-ones, you should put the sentence in and how can I help? What do you guys need from me? Because you are a team. This is going to create the collaboration that you need, the trust that you need to form a team that you can rely on and that they know they can rely on you.
Now, here's the deal. You're not going to be able to give them everything that they want. When they say, I need this, I want this, I need help with this. You don't need to give them everything that they ask for. It's not reasonable. But what it does allow you to do is to hear if one, there's trends going on, which is huge because then you know where to prioritize your efforts. Two, it's going to help you for next time when you are sitting in a meeting with decision makers on a separate topic, you have information of what your team needs to show up great at work. Also, it lets them know that you're listening, that you care. And when you do have the ability to affect change and you do that for them, this is when you build trust. They know they can rely on you, that you have their back. And then in turn, they will do the same for you. Employees who feel like they are heard and listened to and employees who feel like they have the ability to be part of the decisions and are in the mix are far more productive and also cause less stress for you as a leader. So this is a huge skill to develop. And honestly, how can I help is a great foundation question to get that relationship building going and to get the impact and intel that you need as a leader. I think this is an underutilized mindset when it comes to leadership. Um, and, and I know I've said this on other podcasts, but when I was a salesperson, it's easy for me to say, I need I need better home site signs or I need this or I need that. But it's when you gather the masses and you're like, oh my gosh, like six communities are struggling with this. We need to fix this. Or, you know, six neighborhoods have overspent on X in marketing and we don't need that anymore. Like that's when you can have that impact as a leader because you're identifying trends, positive or negative, that you can start implementing and improving on. So that's how you really get your traction. Um, I think I talked about how I discovered there was like this exterior colors issue one time and it was seriously costing my division tens of thousands of dollars. But if I was just focused on one community or if I didn't ask like what's going on and how can I help make this better, I wouldn't have identified the trend that was happening that was costing the company money. Okay, so how can I help is really valuable when it comes to employees. Let's talk about coworkers. So I want to start off by saying there is nobody in this industry that is successful of their own accord. It's just not feasible. There's too many moving parts and pieces. For a neighborhood to be successful, it needs to have a good land deal. It needs to have a great marketing and, and set up from the land team to get, to get started. It needs to have uh, a really stellar sales team that is on board with whatever that takes. <laughs> you know, some of these neighborhoods, especially new neighborhoods this day, can be an enormous amount of work. So it takes great support there. You need a killer construction team that gets that model up and going out of the ground and keeps the site clean so that people are excited to move into this new neighborhood. It takes a village. You need good loan officers to be quick problem solvers and to give people peace of mind so that they don't let that cost and fear overrun the decisions. It takes a village. If you work in home building, you need to acknowledge that you cannot do this alone. And it is not your responsibility solely to be successful. It takes that of your tribe and of your team. And so what we need to start asking of our coworkers is how can I help? How can I better serve you? These are powerful questions. As a salesperson, if I would ask my construction guy, how can I help you better? Sometimes it was little tiny things that were so easy for me to do, but they had such a big impact for them. So don't be afraid to ask those questions. And then in turn, likely they will ask you the same. And that way you get some additional support and resources as well. I remember when I transitioned jobs to a new company and I was, I was a leader. So I was meeting with each one of the managers of the different departments. And one of the questions I had on my list was, how can my department better serve yours? And so I asked that. I asked that of finance. I asked that of procurement. I asked that of construction. I asked that of every single department. How can my department better serve yours? Guys, 
the feedback I got was like overwhelming. It was, first of all, Abby, nobody has ever asked what sales can do for us, which is crazy. But again, sometimes sales gets a little like, hey, we're the best. We're the only thing that matters. So we need to curb that, right? Little humility, a little like we cannot show up great if we do not have the support of the other departments, just like they can't show up great unless they have the support of the other departments. So first of all, I got feedback that nobody ever asked that, which was crazy beans to me. But second, there were trends and a lot of it was around communication and respect. And that's such an easy thing that we can give to our other departments. And yet it was something that was lacking to a really big degree. So ask, how can I help? How can I ask my, how can I help my peers? How can I help my customers? How can I help my employees? If I'm a leader, these are valuable people that you need to know what they need so you can show up better for them every day and we can improve what we're doing. If we just go by what we think we need, we're missing something. We're missing the true pain points. We're missing those true opportunities to just solve the bigger problems. Um, Gary Keller has this book, The One Thing, and it's what's the one thing if I did today that everything else would basically be pointless. Like what's the one thing that has the greatest impact? And that starts with analysis. And so you need to know how you can help so you can determine what's your big one thing. When I'm coaching sales leaders, I talk to them a lot about prioritizing their week and setting your big three. And the way I knew what my big three was for the week was because my Sunday night updates from my sales team asked them to tell me what their needs were. If I got an email from a salesperson that was like, Abby, like I'm struggling. Here's what I've done. Like, I, I just need FaceTime with you. That's a priority for me. Or if I got an email from somebody who's like, Hey, I'm like 75% a goal with three weeks left. I feel like I'm moving and grooving. I'm good right now. Then maybe I don't need to spend so much time with them this week. I can send them like a congrats and you're killing it. So happy, maybe pop in and like, give them a little, like, you know, just want you to know I'm here if you need me, but I don't need to prioritize that need in that neighborhood. But if I'm starting to hear all of these things that are going wrong, it helps me figure out what my big three are. And that's a result of me asking, how can I help? Okay. Another part I wanted to talk to you about how can I help? It's a really important question when it comes to onboarding of new hires or newly promoted people. Um, Part of my last few years in corporate, I spent an enormous amount of time on the side helping newly promoted people. They would ask me all kinds of questions. I mean, insane, all kinds of questions, stuff around performance improvement, stuff around managing their time, stuff around how do I run around a one-on-one? And I would always ask, have you talked to your boss about this? And the answer was always no. And the answer was no, because they didn't have time. They didn't have FaceTime with them. They uh, were too afraid to ask because the doors weren't being opened. Um, somebody even told me that their boss told them, oh, I haven't heard from you in a while. You must be doing well. And that subconsciously planted a seed with this individual that I shouldn't ask you questions because that shows that I'm, I don't have it together where the opposite needs to be happening. When somebody is newly promoted or new in a role, you need to check in and say, how can I help? You want to get them up to speed fast. You need to know what they need. And you don't know that if you're just letting them be on an Island. Yes. Baptism by fire is a way to learn. And at some point, you know, I've provided all the tools and resources you have to go. But if we're talking about the first 30, 60, 90 days, these are huge. I mean, there's so much research on the first 90 days of an employee and what they need for support. And one of the best questions you can ask is, how can I help? What are you struggling with? What do you need from me this week? If you had me for two hours, what would you want to do? These are powerful questions. If a leader opened that door to a new hire, or a newly promoted manager, I think you'd be surprised by what you'd get asked. It probably wouldn't be what you'd think. It would probably be, 
I'm struggling with this conversation or I've never seen this before. What does this report mean? It's stuff they're afraid to ask you because the door isn't opened or they don't have time with you. And what happens then is they fall back. They feel like they went from superstar in their current or their previous role to not knowing what the hell they're doing in their new role. They get disillusioned. They check out. And sometimes they self-select out of the roles. Other times they just don't get up to speed fast enough. It takes a long time to get them through that learning curve. But getting people through the learning curve includes asking, how can I help? and providing real-time solutions. This is also a way for you to make sure that you're being equitable, that you're getting people on your team what they need based on where they are. If we assume these one-size-fits-all approaches, like this is really easy, and I hear this a lot from some of the sales leaders that I coach. They'll say like global things, like my whole team needs back to the basics training. I'm like, okay, so how many people on your team? Six. How many of them are new within the last year? Well, like two. Okay, so they likely need back to basics training. How long is the rest of your team? Oh, they've been like 10 plus years. Okay, who is good? What are they good at? And it turns out that some of them are crushing it at the basics. And if you threw all of those people into a back to basics training, you're going to lose the individuals that already are doing these skills. Instead, maybe let them co-teach, let them lead the class, let them be a mentor to the newbies and help yourself use each person on your team based on their skill levels in a different way. But you get there by asking, how can I help? And so the bottom line is you as a leader, you as a coworker, you as somebody who faces the public have an opportunity to show up as a servant leader, to show up in a way where you put the needs of other people before your own, but ultimately you get the results that you need anyway, but it feels better to help and serve. It gives you a greater opportunity to identify trends. It gives you better impact on the overall business, and it creates a culture of collaboration and teamwork and respect for your peers. And I don't want to wrap up just yet, so don't tune out if you think I'm getting towards the end, because there is a flip side to this, and this is when it's like a red flag, like warning, 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 your your culture may be busted. Your customer experience will tank. Your employee engagement will tank. Your retention will drop. Your success as a uh, division or whatever you want to call it or community, whatever it is, will go down in the hole when you start hearing this instead. It's not my job. Those four words are like poison. And the magic solution is how can I help? So if you start hearing people on your team say, it's not my job, that means they don't feel like they can rely on each other. They don't trust the team that they're on. They are tired of bearing the responsibility, perhaps of another department who isn't carrying their weight. So instead of constantly trying to fix it, they've washed their hands of it. They can't do it anymore. I want you to listen for that. Listen for that in team members. And if somebody says that's not my job, it's worth a conversation of saying, how do we get here? How do we get to this mindset of it's not my job? Because we're team players. Community appearance is everybody's job. It's land's job. It's sales job. It's production job. It's marketing job. It's everybody's job for a community to look good. Um, getting sales. Guess what? It's everybody's job. You know, the construction team needs to keep clean, clean neighborhood, clean site. They need to do a great job with the customer experience and things so that people share stories to get people excited for referrals. Salespeople, of course, need to ask questions and do the paperwork. Loan officers need to get the loans. Like every single person is responsible for sales. Every single person is responsible for community appearance. Every single person is responsible for a happy customer at the end of the day. 
you may not be the person that can you know, sign the check or stamp approved or whatever, but you are certainly the person that can help. So please, if if you do not already use these words, how can I help in your vocabulary? I want you to go out there this week. I want you to use how can I help with a customer? I want you to use how can I help with a coworker? I want you to use how can I help with an employee? I want you to use how can I help with, my, with your boss? Um, that's a game changer. So I always had this pressure on my shoulders that I wanted to add value to my boss. I wanted to make their life easier. This is a great thing if you're somebody who's trying to climb within your company. The better you can take stuff off your boss's plate, the more likely they are to advocate for you for the next role. So asking your boss, how can I help? What are you focused on now? What can I do to help reach those goals? Huge opportunity to build collaboration, to foster connection, to get that trust going and to just create a culture that feels good. So I'm off my soapbox now. <laughs> Four magic words, how can I help? And if you hear the poisonous words, it's not my job, start implementing how can I help and see if you can turn that culture around. All right, that's it for today's episode. I'm going to take one moment and just say to you, how can I help you? I miss having a team. I miss saying, how can I help? The My ladies that I coach are my favorite thing. I absolutely love that I get to do this one-on-one, but if you need help and if you need support, reach out to me. Uh, in the show notes, I'll have book a call. I would love to chat for free, 30 minutes. We hop on a call, see if there's a way that I can help you show it better for yourself, show it better for your family, show it better for the people that you work for, the customers that you serve. That's what I'm here for. I am literally here to help. And I feel like I need to get little buttons that say, how can I help made? Um, but that's it for now. I will see y'all next week on the Homegirl Podcast. Have a great day.